0: This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv.
1: Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 97, recorded on the 1st of February, 2017. On today's show, what's on your mind? Uncertainty is a killer of good work and other debatable statements. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored by GoCamp Pro. GoCamp Pro is a year-round online camp conference for the true summer camp mavericks, the camp pros who can't stand it when people say, but that's not how we do it around here. GoCamp Pro is a community of year-round summer camp staffers who empower each other to make the big changes that camp needs so that our campers and staff will go and change the world. To try it for free for one week, go to www.gocamp.pro. And this week's episode is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. We want to thank those patrons who have been supporting the show from the beginning and without fail. David G., Andy L., Marie W., Teresa ML, Lisa Summer Fun, Ange A., Jack and Laura, and Mark P. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker Podcast... You can show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com forward slash camphacker. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show.
2: Hello, Camp Pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. I'm Travis Allison. I'm a founder of Go Camp Pro, a year round camp conference for summer camp mavericks. Uh, and I am pleased to allow my co host to introduce themselves.
0: My name is Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center, which is a summer camp and retreat facility that's part of the United Church of Canada camp system. We are located in Fingal, Ontario, about halfway between Detroit and Toronto.
3: And I'm Paul Sheridan. I'm the executive director at Four Winds Westward Hoe. We are a traditional, independent, not-for-profit sleepaway camp uh, located on Orcas Island uh, in Washington State. Uh, right between seattle and vancouver
2: welcome back paul it's great to have you
3: thank you it's good to be here
2: i always love to have paul on as many times as we can during the year um because four winds is such a interesting niche camp um whether it's it's the location on the island it's your independent nonprofit, um and all that stuff plus you always bring great wisdom to the show so i'm glad to have you paul
3: Thank
0: you. I appreciate
2: that. And Joe, we have you without delay today because
0: you're in your car. Without delay, maybe maybe I should do it on my phone every week. Mm. (laughs) Well, we're so glad to have you
2: here to join us too. Um, We're going to do a bit different show today. It's kind of a uh, what's relevant at the moment. We have um, some discussions that we were having before recording that we're going to start with. But I also keep a little file of questions that people send me. Um, throughout the year you know things that are giving them the most stress and so we thought we'd try to pick a few of those and, and work through some of those so it's a mixed bag however the show title for today is uncertainty is a killer of good work so we're going to open up with uh, a discussion about uncertainty and uh, it's something that every camp director should become comfortable with it's like Many times we've said on the show that uh, it, your job is to understand change as a as a camp director and to embrace change. Um, but there are lots of points where the uncertainty levels can go up and down in uh, you know different parts of your career, whether it's your own personal big changes, uh, big changes in your property, the way your board runs, on and on and on. Um, Jerry, you said you, you've noticed a lot of of uncertainty in your not in your position, but in what's going on at Pierce Williams because of some big changes there.
0: Yeah. The, the uncertainty, I right. We've, we've recently had Jessica move on as our camp director after five summers. And she went back to teacher's college. And so that position, you know, I, I wasn't sure where it was going at the same time. We'd had a maintenance guy who had gotten into a, a pretty major car accident and wasn't able to return to work. So we were working without a maintenance position. Um, and, and, and part of it is this this concept that uncertainty although it might not affect me in the sense it it affects the work i do but i just roll with the punches it can affect the way that staff um staff don't know what's coming and so they become more anxious about their what they're going to do at camp or as paul was saying earlier um when before right even if they're going to apply back and i think that um as someone who's trained themselves to just sort of roll with it and and be able to um, go with it, it's it, it, I can feel it in the sense of staff. So right now, I still don't have a camp director, and there are staff who are very much – that makes them a bit uncomfortable because they don't know who's going to be in charge. Right. Um, so in the end, right, it's this year, I'm going to do the staff interviews. I just set up Google – Calendar with appointments today, so people can choose their interview times, and and it's just this consistency is the key to a successful camp experience uh, for long term success, and and we've talked about that um, as camps locally because we have eight United Church camps within about an hour's drive of each other, hour and a half drive, and what the difference is is just if you're if you've had consistent leadership, um. In a in an on the ground fashion, so not at the board level, but in an on the ground fashion, those camps are doing better than camps that switch camp directors every year, every two or three years, because they just have a consistent purpose, vision, and values that that we put in place.
2: Right, All right. And, um, I mean, consistency over time, it sort of is an element of where you're at, Paul, the, the, the things that are going on at Four Winds that make things um, different this year that, that you've noticed.
3: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in a similar situation to Joe uh, right now, although just slightly further along in the in the curve of it. Um, we had uh, what we call the assistant director, which is, is similar to what a lot of other camps would call the camp director. Um uh moved on after after seven years the longest that we had ever had someone in that position um she was a big part of camp and uh and still is and and her, you know her departure is a you know a little bit of a it's a moment for camp for sure um and you know obviously there was a period of, of time um uh where we didn't know who was going to replace her and and, and uh, we were announced her placement uh, before Christmas, and then she just started a couple weeks ago. Um, and it's a, it, it's as these things go. It's a, it was a relatively minor moment of uncertainty for camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but but any moment of uncertainty about something that people care about so much uh, is is going to affect them. Um, and we were able you know, the the, the uh, our new assistant director, who's uh, I'm traveling down to California for camp right now, and she's traveling with me and meeting all kinds of people. Um, she's a former you know, head girls counselor. She's absolutely fantastic. the whole community's thrilled. Um, but uh, uh, you know, but that that moment of uncertainty is definitely an interesting one. and I think you know what what I do is is essentially try to tamp down the upset and uncertainty uh, and then also work behind the scenes to <laughs> shorten it <laughs> the shorten that period of uncertainty and get you know get uh, you know, without without rushing the the, the decision getting the decision made as quickly as we can so we can get back to a, a period of, of more certainty. But but I, I do think, you know, uh, we're, we're actually, our campus celebrating our 90th anniversary this year. Um, for our first 75 years, we had four directors. Right. Um, and then we had six in a period of 10 years. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was a decade of pretty crazy uncertainty for our community. Uh, uh, when you think about it. And um, compared to the, the period, the short period of uncertainty we just went through with our assistant director uh, change, you know, that was wild. Uh, and, you know, and camp, camp did survive. Camp was, it was fine. Um, you know, I think that um, personally, uh, I probably need to give our community a little bit more credit for its ability to deal with the uncertainty but at the same time, it's less than ideal. So you try to, if you can move through it quickly, you do.
2: Right. All right. So uh, what are, either one of you are welcome to answer this, what are you doing to um, to give the community you know some perspective on this or, or to make them feel better? And I'll let you think about that while I, I um, pontificate on the stuff that you both said. I... I think it's interesting um, what an emotional bedrock camp becomes for so many people even if they're the kind of people who only came for one or two summers but knowing the camp is there and that you know they'll recognize it when they get back or in their mind they might go back someday um, is a real emotional like it's a solid foundation for so many people maybe because they don't have the same kind of foundation at home maybe it's just because it's a place where they were accepted truly for the first time and um big changes camp is such an emotional place like paul said it it's hard when change comes to camp i'm always kind of surprised at the number of people who do freak out about relatively small change you know when you think about a long-term history um you know there are people that that may not have been there for a long time, but just that impact is there. But I, I wonder how you both help your communities manage um, this idea that change happens and we happen to be going through a, a particular period of uncertainty, but it's part of life.
0: I think my quick response to that is that you build it in as part of your, your culture. So the longer you stay, the you know, if you start talking about change as part of your culture, it becomes easier for other people to accept that. And that's a lesson I learned from Mike Sladnet, Pathfinder in Algonquin Park in Ontario. He said that his second talk every camp session is about how um, their their camp is a, embraces the culture of change, which meant for him as a new owner when he started that he could change something and people would be like, okay, yeah, we embrace that because we're a culture of change. And yeah. and can be more difficult for for camps if you don't build that in. So so I lived through a logo change of a camp that had been around since nineteen twenty one. I my first day on the job was the day they released the new logos. Right. And my in my role as director of public relations, um, everybody thought that I introduced new logos.
3: <laughs>
0: it's been going on for, you know, six months a year and but I'm the one who gets saddled with the, you changed the logos for the first time in 80 years. And I was like, I, I didn't change the logos. I'm just, I'm not overly attached to the old logos. So right. I will use the logos everywhere. And, and I think if you build it in as part of your culture, it's, and also set yourself up not to be there. And, and that's, that's easily said. And I'm not, I'd love to hear you guys thoughts on that. It's this idea that, is camp are you making camp better because you're there or are you making camp better for the long term so that it can keep getting better when you're not there right like lots of people have this opinion that they they're more important than they are to the success of their organization mm-hmm. and when they go they're like well they'll see how much they miss me when I'm gone and i i i encourage our board and staff and everybody to think of it in terms of when you leave, if the next person fails, it's because you didn't give them the proper tools to succeed. Right. So what processes, what what things you put in place, because you know a sixty year history or a sixty sixty or a ninety year history, those shouldn't rely on a single person to to make it successful or not. It should be a group effort. That that gives it that success. So so creating a culture of change is it's a long term thing, but it, it's well worth it because then people are like, oh, that that seems like a good idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And Paul, what have you done to, to help manage uncertainty this year?
3: Yeah, you know, I think what we try to do is is, is you know, we're a community of young people and you can long people are learning and figuring yep. stuff out and and um, what we try to do is, is sort of teach perspective um, you know i have had the experience that i know that a lot of other camp directors have of the, the people that have been coming to your camp for 8 or 10 years just have more perspective than the people that have come to camp for 2 or 3 you know the, the people that have come to camp for 2 or 3 are your are can, tend to be your zealots, right? Who <laughs> are more likely to uh, freak out about any small change because yeah, you know, they, they, they've got a pretty small sample size, right? Yeah. Like, you know, when it when in, in the grand scheme of things and for the, the people that have been there for, um, you know, for 10 years or eight years or something have seen a couple rounds of changes. Um, and they're, uh, they're more attuned to it and more, and they expect it more. And, um, yeah, so I think that I spend a lot of time just mentioning, you know, that, that, that changes happen, you know, like, because mm. I, I think that if you ask before a Wednesday person, you know, do we have a culture of change, uh, they would probably say, heck no, we don't have a culture of change, no. nothing changes <laughs> Um And, uh, um, you know, but at the same time, like, I think, you know, one thing that we, you know, being 90 years old, of course we've changed massively. Like it's, you could, camp is unrecognizable from when it was, what it was in 1927. Um, you know, aside from a few core things that are, are, are most important. Um, and, and, and so there's a, what we do try to have is a culture of paying close attention to what are the core things that, that are most important about our camp. And then, you know, matching up the things that we do um to make sure that those those match who we say we are uh, and, you, and and so that those sorts of things bring us you know change brings us closer to the ideal over time you know and then in terms of just people passing on you, you know I, I I've been a camp for a long time now and I, and I think i probably added to a sense of consistency which has been good mostly and but you got to be really careful hmm. that it, it it you know camps can devolve into a cult of personality around yep. you know one one person. It, you know, I I you know, and um you've gotta be very, very cognizant that it's not about it's not about me. Um it is about you know, we all have a period of time here that time will end at some point. Um and uh uh you know and and camp will go on and Camp will you know will thrive and, and um you know so I spend a lot of time saying uh, yeah, I probably a couple times a month, I say to somebody, you know, I have no plans of leaving for Windsor right, right, right now, but when I do like dot, 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 right? Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, um, and and you can say that about anybody in any position. You know, I, I said that about our assistant director, Emily, who just left, I hope Emily never leaves, but when she does, dot, 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 you know, like, um, and sort of, you know, setting that expectation, making it clear that uh, the, the camp, uh, you know, is a part of our lives, but it's it's not something that anyone does. Uh, it's bigger than all of us, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's important to set that
0: tone. Not only set that tone, Paul, but just that idea that it's bigger than all of us. That if we can impart that into sixteen, seventeen to twenty five year old staff members. Right, I, I still remember the first major camping conference I went to as a counselor, and I saw a thousand people in one auditorium who were also counselors at other camps. That really helped me understand that what I do, that camping as a thing is bigger than all of us, but getting them to understand that their one, two, or ten summers at camp is, is just a flash in the pale compared to the camp is really important.
2: Right. Great. Thank you both very much for that. I have um, a series of questions, as I said, that I pulled from some folks here. And Alison and asks something that um, fits naturally into something you both discussed, but takes us off of uh, uncertainty. Um Allison is a new assistant director, and so my read on it is she is it's a the camp she's been to before I can't tell if she's been away or not, but this is her first um full time year year-round job with this much um responsibility for how camp runs in general and she's wondering if we have any uh advice and uh, you're both kind of to take the lead on the last discussion so I'll start us off here while you think about what your advice would be to a new year round staff person in, in Allison's case, assistant director, but you're both going to be dealing with this um, in your own ways in your, in your own camp. So uh, Allison, I would say my, my advice is um, a couple different things. I certainly found my first summer as a director incredibly stressful. I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, and I was a, I was so stressed about the responsibility that I was really just a jerk to everybody. And so I had to find some ways to enjoy camp for myself so that I could balance things. Um, And so, you know, for me, that was music, getting a chance to play guitar whenever I wanted, or getting a chance to teach music to people, that really helped. I also um, had a much different appreciation for the place and I don't know if you're at a res camp or not, but I had a different appreciation for the place when I would get up early in the morning before most people were up. And I would just walk around. I walked the trails. I um, you know, went down to the beach, sat on the dock. I had a bit of time in the place by myself, and that would give me enough energy to get ready for a big day. And your first summer is hard, um, but the, the second summer I find is a lot easier. So, think you have to be prepared for a tougher summer but if you could set some good boundaries that makes it possible and i will say the other lesson that helped make so many things better in our camp culture um was a lesson from my now wife beth then co-director um in the, the thought that people are more important than programs. So if you're ever um, you know, wondering if you need to look after people or make sure that Capture the Flight gets started on time, always pick the people. And you know sometimes you need to change things up or surprise people because it's just the little burst that they need. And you know, sometimes that might be a staff swim, it might be, I don't know what all your responsibilities are, but if you keep in mind that people are more important program, more important than program and you can find a bit of time for yourself. I think those that makes the first summer manageable and then it helps lead to longevity. Um, it's, so Paul, you're going through it right now. What sort of advice are you giving to your new assistant director? Uh,
3: so she's in a She's, she's pretty well set up uh, for this advice, but mm-hmm. it's the advice is essentially to uh, and this is going to sound a little rough, yeah. but to be really brutal in evaluating yourself as a role model. Okay. Um, to to, um, and you know that that doesn't mean that that doesn't negate the advice that you just gave oh. about taking time for yourself, right? Because we want to role model that too. Yeah. Um, and if we're if we're causing ourselves to be so stressed out that we become a jerk, then we're we're now we're role modeling being a jerk, and that's not good either. Um, but. Um, you know, I think that um, new young assistant directors, you know, sometimes um, you know, uh, uh, you know, former summer staff members at the same camp, you, you can find yourself in a position where uh, you identify more with your summer staff self than you do with your new camp director self, mm-hmm. uh, and you think, oh, you know, well, I did when I was a summer staff member, I wanted to you know, blow off my fire watch and, and, you know, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, you got to get used to, um, uh, you know, uh, understanding that everything you do is being watched by the summer staff. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and, and, that, um, you know, sometimes when, 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 when we ask people to do things that they are not naturally inclined to do, um, they, sometimes we'll look for excuses to not do them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you, as the camp director, by your role modeling, give them that excuse. That's the best excuse they could have. Uh, you know, and so, you, know, you got to kind of check yourself every day when you step outside your, your cabin or your tent or wherever, <laughs> your TV, wherever you're living in camp, uh, you know, and, and make sure you are ready to you know, be, be seen um, by all the summer staff because you are, you know, the, the ultimate role model. Uh, and, uh, you know, and so try to see yourself through summer staff's eyes and then, and then imagine what that impression will do to their ability to be good summer staff. Uh, you know, I, um, I remember, um, a couple years ago, uh, I accidentally walked out of my house. We don't allow our staff to, uh, carry cell phones and and so forth at, at camp. And, um, and I stepped out of my house, and I, you know, in my inside my house, I, I had my, you know, I had my headphone, my my phone, and my, my headphones in, um, and I accidentally stepped out of my house on yep. my porch, still wearing the headphones in my ears. Yeah. You know, and I, and I and I caught it, and I felt like, I felt like I had stepped out of my house <laughs> naked. Like it was like it was like, <laughs> and and I, and I think that that's how Camp Records ought to be. Ought yep. to be uh, you know, if you are asking your staff to do something, you you do it. 110 percent of the time um and uh and i think it's tough for people a lot of people to make that transition i mean we ask our our seasonal leadership to do the same thing effectively um but it but it's the higher up you are the more important it is uh and i think it's tough for people a lot of people to understand that their actions are so important yeah. Uh, and, and they, they think it doesn't matter. No one's paying attention to me. We sort of, a, a lot of, a lot of folks that you have, you know, and the ones that don't are a little, a little off, yeah. <laughs> the ones that, that are so narcissistic, to think that all their, all their actions are of the utmost important, uh, importance or maybe that that's another problem. But, but most folks, you know, I think, uh, undervalue their own actions. And, uh, and, and so that would be my advice is to sort of. Value your actions because they have a huge impact uh, on camp.
2: That's awesome. You, you know, one thing I would add before we turn this to Joe, I uh, I learned a lesson from a guy named Jim Blake, as a camp director I looked up to a lot when I was getting started, and he was great at at sharing his experience and his advice. Um, and he told me early to find the worst. Job like half day job two or three hour job in camp and figure out what that is and take that on and and do that publicly um, and so yeah. for us it was um, once or twice a season the sewage filters had to be cleaned with a high pressure washer and it was as messy and disgusting a job as you can imagine and um, I would um, take on that job so that people could see that when I asked them to rake leaves and it was hot out. Um, that I was also willing to do some stuff that was hard, and yeah. um, and I think that that sort of example helped.
3: Yeah, we had to fire uh, all of our dishwashers uh, yeah. eight days before the end of camp a couple years ago, yeah. uh, and you know, everyone who did not live with kids had to pull a, sh- a couple yep. of shifts in the dishroom yep. for the last eight days, and um, you know, and 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 me and the assistant director both pulled shifts in the different dish room yeah. and like yeah. of course that was not the best use of our time to go wash dishes like we we had other things to do yeah. um but it, it was the best use of our time in the sense that everyone saw that you know hey we were asking everyone to pull together and 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 and, and get through this difficult thing yeah. and we were right there busting suds with them like and um and that is yeah it's absolutely key
2: yeah joe
3: yeah i I think
0: for a new camp director now is she in charge or is she a program director? I didn't get that part.
2: I don't know. I, I, I'm uh, okay, I'm saying so, that she's here, probably too. Here's I've my
0: seen. yeah. Here's my view. If if you're going in, I've started <laughs> when I started at Pierce Williams, I was hired and started on June the sixth, and in Canada, <laughs> summer camp starts at the end of uh, June. And um, my board had a very clear message that you know they. Essentially, my job was just to observe for the summer right i yeah. didn't i didn't hire the staff i didn't know who they were and and you know um so I had control of purse strings and I just sort of let the summer happen and and go and, and the, every decision I made was just to save money at camp um none of which I would change now right in yeah. historically if you can get away if you're hired full time and you're and you're you have the comfort of being a long time or a, an employee that doesn't have a contract, um, right? So you know you have this feeling you'll be at camp next summer, and the summer after, and the summer after that. You can spend a lot of your first summer observing and letting the staff who are at camp in the past run what they believe is camp, and and there's a huge value in in that observation because it shows it shows the staff who are at the camp, the returning staff, that you're willing to listen and and see. Um, and, and it lets you not, not pick a fight where you don't need to. Um, because when you're new, you can, you can think that something is wrong or you need to change something right away, but you really need to ask if that's a hill you're willing to die on, right? Like, is that, is that what's going to do it for you? And, and as a new staff, if you can get away with, you know, doing what you're supposed to do and affect positive change where you can but watch and, and see how camp is run and 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 not over insert yourself into the camp program so don't make it all about you don't don't go and um and make it you know Travis's camp Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. Paul's camp or Joe's camp, it's, it's some other camp. And that goes back to the conversation we had earlier, right? Camp is bigger than you and you just happen to be the steward of that property at that moment in time. Um, So as a new staff observation is great, unless you're thrown into a situation where you're just put fully in charge. I've also started at a camp where there was one returning staff member and they said, essentially hire who you want, set the program up the way you want. And in that case, you just you take the bull by the horns and 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 you do it, um, um, which is fun too and stressful. And um, as as a new camp director, you're always going to have stress because you haven't gone through what we at camp call the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. A full cycle of year and and what goes on. And every year that cycle comes around. It gets easier. And that's not just camp directing. It's also, you know, the bookkeeper in our office, once they've done a year cycle, everything gets easier because they've done everything at least once. Right. Or the, the office manager, right. The, the cycle, Yeah. uh, and, and for, for lots of camps, they follow the school year cycle because we, we start to calm down a bit in September, October, and then you, you ramp back up for the next summer. So, um, and also, don't lose. Yeah, don't lose yourself, right? If if you are the, if you always love playing guitar at night before you go to bed, then then find that time and and, and make that time. If you are someone who, um, you know who who loves to share quotes, let's find a way to fit that into your into your day and don't lose yourself because of where you are yep. but don't over- insert yourself and make it all about you right. I think those are a couple of points yeah
2: balance that
3: can I please. can I, uh, riff on that for a second please That's, um, I love that, that that line of thought I had um, uh, the, the camp where I got my start was a for-profit camp and the the, uh, the the mom of the couple that owned the camp when I was a summer staff member told me when we bought camp we did not make a single change to the camp that, except for changes that directly affected campers' physical safety, mm-hmm. for five years. Wow! Uh, and as, as a as a summer staff member, I thought, wow, that's 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 nuts. Yeah. That's like that's that's cr- and, and but now, granted, they had bought the camp. They had put their whole life savings into it. They yeah. were committed, and they had to make it work. Um. And so you know they were perhaps a little bit maybe five years is, is a little bit more. Yeah. um than, than you need. But I, I, I um, yeah, I, I've witnessed other uh, other transitions since then, and that mindset of, you know, what, if it doesn't directly affect camper physical safety, maybe it's time to watch and listen, yeah. um, and, and put it in my back pocket and see, you know, later uh, if if it, if it needs changing, um, and uh, and that will buy you. Um, If there is suspicion uh, from uh, from the community about a new director and fear about the change that they may bring, that will allay that fear. Um, It'll give you more time to understand what the camp is about, Uh, and then you know probably a couple years down the road you'll make the change that you thought you were going to make in the first place. Uh, But it's not uh, uh, in those first in that in those first couple years, you you do have to uh, really prioritize the battles that you pick. Yeah. Uh and, and I think you know, camper physical safety is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, uh you know, and, and, and and but take it slow on the other stuff.
2: Yep. In our experience um getting started with things, we um we were surprised that we would have to add in camper emotional safety to the you know, the things that we would set a minimum level of. Um but that was certainly something that we had to draw a really firm line on. Um so but uh, I, I love that idea of just uh, observing and considering things. The other thing, also, because we don't know your situation, the other thing that may be is you may be, you know, have finally moved into your own position at a camp that you grew up at. And so um, it may be more, almost more the same. You're just, you know, more in charge of the same. Um, and, and if that's the case, I would encourage you to do two things. I would encourage you to say, I now have the ability to make change here maybe limited and maybe great ability, Does I don't know, uh, but I have some ability to make change here. And so now I can consider everything that happens in this year or two of observation and figure out how to make it better, um, to have better impact on kids. My measurement is always do staff, take the time one-on-one to have conversation with kids. That's the best way that we can have impact on them is those conversations, that noticing. And so if you, you take that first year and say, things have always been this way, my whole my whole career that I've been at this camp, but how can I make it better to have more kids have a real connection with someone that they can look up to? And the other piece of advice, we've said this many times on this show, and I'm not gonna spend any time on it, but go see other camps. Um, if you, it's a place yes. you grew up at, get out to other camps. Joe has made a, a, a career and talked about it many times. I would encourage you to go back and, and listen to the old shows and and find that discussion. But it could be, um, you know, be a standards visitor. Um, it could be take time off on on your time off and go see other camps in action. If you have a day off in the middle of the week and, you know, have some some local camps, you could run and see one for half a day. But uh, spend a meal at another camp while camp is going on and, um, you know, two or three hours there just so you can get a feel of how things run differently. And that'll make you feel a lot more empowered to make changes. Um, <clears> have <throat> had some great conversations so far. I one one question. I wish we, we had time for more, but I uh, want to keep things to the normal um, or pretty close to the normal amount of time. So one more question from Carrie Ann. Um, when you get to that fall period and everybody leaves or you pack up and move back to the city and don't have the beautiful surroundings, the great people, the singing, etc. How do you deal with the loneliness of the job?
0: I bask in it. <laughs> 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 it's funny. It's, it's, it's one of those things. So I spent, I spent five summers in Algonquin park, which is a beautiful part of Ontario. And I worked at a camp company that had an all an all boys and an all girls camp across the lake from each other. And, And so for literally for three months of the year, I lived on an island full of of girls and women who were um, who numbered in like the 400 number range, an island that should not have had that many people living on it. And when when camp ended and everybody left, the island literally was left with just myself and. Our maintenance guy, and I never saw Lorney. I I have no idea what he did. He he (laughs) he fixed him. I just never saw him. And honestly, that is some of just at the end of the summer. At the end of the summer, that is one of the most valuable things is um, is just to to have the solitude of camp where I am now at Pierce Williams, it's, it's amazing. This time of year, I, I was up at camp last night at, you know, eight o'clock, checking on a burn pile that we'd lit. And, and when you shut everything off and you're just watching a fire burn and you see deer in the field and the moon shining down on, on a snowy field, you're just like, Hey, this life, life is good, right? Like this is, this is awesome. There are people who, who get overwhelmed by being alone, but there's also I'm amazed at how many camp directors there are in this world who are essentially introverts who happen to to direct summer camp, mm-hmm. right? They they get their energy from being alone, and they can be in front of people, and that's great. But but the best my best ideas don't come when I'm you know standing in front of camp playing guitar at chapel. My best ideas come when I'm. Watching a fire burn on you know january thirty first in a snowy field by myself, mm-hmm. right like that's so
3: yeah How about for you paul <laughs> well that that's hilarious because i I too am a bit of a basker uh in the fall yeah. um and uh, and i and I definitely fit that description that that Joe uh just said of of the introvert who happens to have a position that is stereotypically for the extroverted, uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I do, I, you know, I, I definitely take the time to myself and I enjoy it. Um, as the winter goes on, uh, I get out and I, I talk with camp people. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I get, um, I get a lot of rejuvenation from, um, from going to camp conferences. I go to, to more camp conferences than I think the average camp director does uh, simply because I, I get just a, a ton out of sitting down and connecting with other camp directors. Uh, I, I go out and I uh, all the marketing we do is uh, by visiting in, in families' homes uh, and uh, and talking with uh, both returning and new uh, families, giving them a chance to talk to each other, you know, uh, talking you know and, and building those connections um, with your current um uh with, with your current families and, mm-hmm. and, and and building those bonds, which by the way, in addition to reducing loneliness i think just helps everything yep uh we um we have um a a much lower our camp has a much much lower to the point where it's not measurable rate of being sued than mm-hmm. uh your average american summer camp um and uh, and I think a lot of that comes from, uh, you know, part of it is that we don't do, we we, we, we avoid yeah. negligent things to yeah. the extent that we can. Um, but um, but we do make mistakes, just like a, every other camp does. And I think, you know, the, the, a lot of it comes from those relationships that we've built. Uh, you know, so if you can find a way um, to, you know, have a gathering with your, with your camp families, uh, you know, um, and and connect with them with summer staff, you know, taking summer staff out to pizza in, in the winter in some college town, it's like pays huge dividends, uh, uh, you know, and they love it. And, uh, you know, your return rate goes up and, uh, you know, the likelihood that, if not even if they're not going to come back, that you know they send their kids or become donors someday goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it, it fights down that loneliness if that's something that that concerns you, right?
2: I uh, I get the loneliness part, I, I certainly also revel in it, and I think everybody does. You have that, that moment in the fall where you're like, man, it's quiet, and I love that. Um also, again, I was, it was, I love the place. And so it was, it was lovely to have that time um, with the site and explore and play and, and run around with the dogs. Um, but I did, I did find that, especially my last couple of years when we moved off site, um, I would go back, drive back to camp and work, and Beth would be working from our house um, just because it seemed to be work, work Beth for both of us in terms of getting work done, but it, it was lonely. I mean, I was lucky to have a co-director to talk stuff through. Um, but, you know, I would say, and this is good advice, I think, for carrie and for Allison, um, I would uh, I would look for a mastermind group. I would use the Summer Camp Professionals group of people and find people, find three other or four other people in the same situation, and I would make them make a solid commitment to to Get on Skype or Zoom for an hour and a half, um, a month, or an hour every couple of weeks, and just have conversations about things. Challenge each other, hold each other accountable. Just have <laughs> complaining sessions, um, whatever it takes. That level of someone who really knows what your job is. Like it's it's great to see staff, it's great to see your family, uh, all those things. But it's hard when people don't understand. The stresses of this job, the demands of this job, etc. So find people, as Paul's talked about with conferences, um, find people that you can develop good relationships with and trust with. That um, you know, if you need to cry at eleven o'clock on a Tuesday in July, that you can call, um, and they will also get you through um, three weeks of budget process that you were just pulling your hair out about in October. Um, and uh, get people who are willing to make a commitment to that. I think it'll be a great part of your sustainability in the industry to be able to find and and keep a group going like that. Uh, Any final thoughts?
0: I just think that you do whatever you... It's a lonely job. uh, it, It can't... It's a lonely job if you're a single person... (laughs) to find someone, right? Like if you're always working by yourself, so you need to fill it in with other things. Camp has this overwhelming ability to become your life Mm -hmm. and leave you no room for other hobbies. And, um, and what I say to that is it's a lot like, and and Travis, you know, this, I grew up on a farm and and you did as well. Farming is one of those things that can be a life with, and, and a lot of farmers I know have no hobbies outside of that. And and camp directors the same and and I think that find what makes you you know find something else that gives you energy as well mm-hmm. because that's going to help you fight off that that loneliness as well. Right. Very good.
2: Well, thank you both, uh, and thank you to um, Allison and to Carrie Ann who sent in their questions. Um, thank you to 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 Paul and Joe both for. Um, opening up the topic of uncertainty and being so willing to talk about what that's like as a, as a camp director. So therefore, I think it's time for us to move on to our Tool of the Week. Tool
0: of the Week.
2: We ask each of our panelists to bring a tool that helps them be a better camp director, um, and Paul, since we haven't heard about tool from you in a long time, I'd like you to start, please.
3: Sure thing. Yeah, my tool is the Delorme InReach. Uh, the Delorme InReach is a device that, uh, for camps that have trip programs, um, where the trip leader can take this uh, little device; it's about the size of a cell phone or a little bit larger, uh, and uh, and they go out on their on their trips, uh, and it works off a satellite signal, signal instead of a cell phone signal. So it works anywhere with a clear view of the sky uh, and it can send Uh, the tripper's location uh, to you. Uh, It can send uh, text messages, so if they uh, have a non-emergency help situation, they can send you information about what's going on. Uh, They can... um, There's an SOS button, so if they are in real trouble, uh, they can call in emergency services to wherever they are and their location gets reported to the emergency services. Uh, You can set them up with preset text messages. So we asked our... uh, We set... Uh, one of the preset messages uh, to all is well Um, and I would just ask the trip leaders every night before they went to bed to hit the all is well button and I have a a login where I can log in to a website and see all my trippers where they are and that all is well Uh, and if you have uh, if you run a trip program you're, you're probably familiar with the the stress that exists of all these trips that are out, and you don't know where they are, or what's going on, or how things are how things are doing, um, and that ability for them to communicate uh, uh, and also give you their location is really key. It, it ends up being a nice for those uh, camp trackers who have explored this space before. It is a, a really nice middle ground between the spot tracker mm-hmm. and the satellite and the satellite phone. Um, you know, I've uh, rented satellite phones uh, for trips before. Um, and uh, they're expensive. It's a hassle. You got to get them before the trip leaves, and return them after the uh, trip comes back. Uh, and um, uh, and they're if they, you, know, you, you sort of tell the tripper, okay, here's the satellite phone. Never use it because yep. it is a million dollars a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, except if you really need it, then you can use it. But yeah. um, you know, this is that that nice nice middle ground. Um, they. Um, are I think uh, about three hundred and fifty dollars a piece to buy the device, mm-hmm. and then they have data plans uh, uh, at varying levels. You do have to watch the data because uh, it is sort of on that satellite data. It like a longer text message actually costs significantly more than a shorter one. Uh, so you do want to sort of set your presets on, on them well. Um, but they have enterprise plans. Uh, and they have non-profit discounts, and we we really, uh, it was the first summer that we used them this past summer, and, and really had a, a good experience.
2: That's brilliant. Good stuff. Um, my tool of the week is a book that I actually saw on Gabrielle's coffee table this um, this fall, and uh, since she is not here to pick it, she's probably going to be mad, but um, it, it, you've often heard Gavin and I talk about making videos for camp and, and it's certainly a passion of hers and an interest of mine. Um, this is a brilliant book, really well done, visual, short, easy to read, short lessons. It's not a short book. It's 250 pages, but, um, easy to read, really creative, really well done. So it's called how to shoot video that doesn't suck. And, um, as, as we know as we're getting to realize video is going to be a huge part of the future of marketing summer camp and um giving your summer staff the tools to become better video people helps you get more kids in beds and um if heads and beds is your big mission then i think i would encourage you to consider video being a huge part of that strategy going forward and um yeah, so that book, Stephen Stockman is the author. How to Shoot Video That Doesn't Suck is a brilliant, brilliant book. Joe, you've got a thirsty pick.
0: I do. Uh, my pick this week is uh, a Tervis. Uh, a Tervis mug, a Tervis glass. It's it, it, It's one of those things when we... When we look for a tool of the week, it's one of those things that we use all the time. And and oftentimes what I catch myself doing is trying to find something that I use so much that I just don't think about it anymore. I don't think to recommend it. Tervis is made in the States, and it is uh, essentially a plastic cup that keeps cold things cold and hot things hot. It's got a, uh, a lifetime guarantee on it, and I own a bunch of them. Um, and they're, they're great as an insulated mug, and they come with uh, – you can buy lids for them. And um, I have a a whole bunch of Green Bay Packers ones, but I have other ones as well. Um, And they're just a a great travel type mug for walking around camp or walking you know in the car Um, not so good like if you want to seal things forever right like they're not a water bottle that's sealed up and you can you know um, because they're not sealed in that way there are ones that are they do sell water bottles as well so Tervis is my recommendation this week
2: pretty good all right, well, thanks again to uh, to both of my co-hosts. Paul, it's great to have you back. Um, I want to say that if you've enjoyed or, or been inspired by stuff that, that these guys have said today, uh, we'd be so grateful if you took a, a second and went to camphacker.tv slash love. Um, and that link will get a tweet ready for you that talks about the show. If you're not a, a Twitter person, then you could use your podcast app and leave a review. Um, feel free to mention this is show 97. We're coming up on 100. And um, it is um, it, it, it's our privilege to do so. And if we can get some feedback from you in the form of a review, those are they are always really helpful. Paul, thank you for being on the show. How can people follow up with you if they have a a question?
3: Uh, So they can uh, find all about my camp at forwardwindscamp.org. And all my social media stuff uh, can be found at paulsheridan.com.
2: Brilliant. Thanks, Paul.
3: No problem. Great to be here as always. Joe, how about you? If people want to follow up
0: with me, they can find me. The best two spots are campisbetter.com and yoyojoe.com, dot com and, and you connect with me there.
2: Awesome. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. I, uh, I want to take just one second for one more thank you. Um, thank you to our editor and producer, Matt Hansberg, for helping us get this show out for you. Uh, he does a lot of work in between, um, and from the moment that I finish this, I basically hand things over to him. So um, we're always grateful to Matt for what he adds to the camp community and for his long-term contribution to Camp Hacker. Um, you can find Matt's show notes and all of our past tools of the week at camphacker.tv Podcast. Um, in this case you can look for episode 97 um, but there are some other many other 96 other great shows that we would be happy for you to um to listen to and in particular we recommend searching for ones that have paul Sheridan on them so i thank you all for uh for listening um it's good to see. We're not going to put out a video version of this one, so thank you to the listeners. We're going to ignore the YouTube followers for for this particular version, for technical reasons. But uh, we're grateful that you are taking us with you on walking the dog, or walking around camp, or um, all the different places that you go. Thanks for the evening, friends.
3: The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and
0: Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp
3: Hacker, bringing your world into focus.